Welcome to Live Free Church. We're a church that's passionate about reaching people at all costs. Here you can find all our recent sermons. We are so glad that you joined us today. We want people to live free lives ultimately found in Jesus because we believe that free people, free people. Welcome to Live Free Church. I'm Colby. Uh, We're doing a series for the next three weeks on this idea of trying to kill loneliness. That when I think about this generation, when I think about my life, I think about my kids, I think about um, people in COVID, in this time we find ourselves in, that there's a scarcity to friendships, that there's a scarcity to our lives. You think about the way we live our lives, I think that we're lacking something, and that something is a human connection. I was reading a book by C.S. Lewis called The Four Loves, and I recommend go and read it, buy it on Kindle um, or on Amazon. But what C.S. Lewis says here is that a lot of times we view our friendships like leisure time. It's not necessarily essential, right? But it just fills up the space in our lives when we have nothing else to do. He says this really profound thing. C.S. Lewis states, The obvious reason why we don't find value in friendships is because very few people truly experience it. So the next three weeks, I want to talk about this idea of how do we find authentic friends in a culture that's extremely lonely. You know, they say that loneliness is equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Like, why are you and I, why are we so isolated and alone, separate, but yet we're so connected digitally? You see, I would love for us in the next three weeks to pursue this idea of trying to actually kill the loneliness that we feel in our lives, to pursue human connection, connection with God, with others. You see, my question for us, as I'm looking at myself, is do we find friends? How do we find friends? How do we find authentic community? I know we planted, started a church in Kelowna. People always ask us, isn't there enough churches around? But as I'm meeting people all around Kelowna, I'm asking the question, like, where do you find community? Where do you find connection? And a lot of times, people have no connection. They might be be attending a church for the last 10 plus years, but have no real authentic and real connections. And I think for us in this time, how do we find connection? How do we find ourselves, not in our loneliness, but in community? We're looking at three questions today. Three kind of points from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. It's a continuation of the story of, of God creating Adam. And it moves on in, in chapter 2, verse 18 to 25. So if you have your Bible, put your finger there or in your app, go there. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. But I want you to know this thing that you and I were created from community for community. That you and I were created from community for a relationship with God, for a relationship with others, and to be actually known by people without shame. Let's look in in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And it says here, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. It moves on to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It says, Then the Lord God said, It's not good for the man to be alone. 
I will make a helper corresponding to him. The Lord God formed out of the ground every wild animal and every bird of the sky and brought each to the man to see what he would call it. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky, to every wild animal. But for the man, no helper was found corresponding to him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to come over the man, and he slept. God took one of the ribs, closed the flesh at that place. Then the Lord God made the rib he had taken from the man into the woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, This one, at last, is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman, for she was taken from man. And this is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife, and they become one flesh. Both the man and his wife were naked and felt no shame. He says, first point I want us to look at is that we were created from community for community. See, almost the most important part of this account, this biblical narrative of, of God creating everything, but he creates us, human beings, creates Adam. And what you see here is that God's creating the stars, the moon, the sun, the fish, the vegetation, the birds. And every time he says, he created. But when he moves to humanity, when he moves to Adam, the pronoun changes. This is only when God comes to create humanity does he use the plural. That's why we say, then God says, let us make man in our own image. In our likeness. You see, not my but are, not he, but us. You see, the, the fact is that our being alone isn't how God created us to be because we were created from a community. You were created from community for community. The Christian faith teaches us that the Trinity, that God is three persons in one, that Adam was created from this dynamic community, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, do you wonder why when your loneliness feels so wrong? It's like when you go to a funeral and you see death, and you're like, this isn't, does not feel natural. It feels very unnatural. I think it's the same way for us. When we feel isolated and alone, that it doesn't feel natural to us because we were created from, a trini- from the community, the Trinity. You see, there's only one way you can explain in chapter 2, verse 18, when it says here in this very remarkable passage that the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. Up to this point, all the things have been good. He created the stars, the heavens and the earth. He created vegetation, fish. He created all this and it was good. And yet he sees man created in our image, God's image. And he's alone. That's not good. You see, I think a lot of times you look at this passage and say, isn't there like a, is there a design flaw? <laughs> like, did God not create this the certain way? Right? I think when we try to like, in our human minds, try to comprehend how God created everything, a lot of times we think about it as like a, as a picture. When you paint it and you step back and you're the artist, and you're like, did I leave something out? But here's the thing. That in the Bible, there's nothing that really indicates that the nature of God makes mistakes. That the reason why the first human being was so lonely, why Adam was so lonely, 
he actually felt like a lack in his being. Actually, when he was actually in paradise is because when we're made in the image of someone who isn't just a me but a we, and actually I think that we will not truly find happiness or significance until we realize that it's just not a me but it's a we. That you and I were created to be together in community with other people. See, Adam was made in the image of community. And therefore, in his individuality, he felt alone, lost. It's pretty simple here for us in this profound point that, that God created Adam in paradise, the Garden of Eden, from community for community. That we were created for something more than just us being alone. It's for community. And what does that look like? That we were created from community for a relationship with God. In chapter 1, verse 27, it says here, So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. You see what this means for you and I? It means that, that we were created, we were actually become image bearers of God. A lot of times when we think about religion, we think about Christianity or we think about the church. A lot of times we think about it as the terms of you come to church, you pray, you know, especially when things are tough, right? You come to a church and pray. You send up prayers. You pray for people. You don't know if anyone's listening. See, a lot of times prayer is like, it's like putting a note in a bottle and you throw it into the ocean hoping that someone's going to get it. Occasionally, I think sometimes, you know, you could be out there and you have this overwhelming sense that there's something bigger than this than you and your, your aloneness. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what God here is talking about, that, that you and I were created in God's likeness, that you're called into an assurance of God's love, that God loves you. He's pursuing you, that you and I were made for a relationship with God, whether you know him or not. We were created for a relationship. And I believe truly you will not understand who you were created to be until you know who God is. Until you know who Jesus is. It doesn't mean you're just trying to go to church and saying, okay, I hope one day I'm good. I hope I'm actually just, I'm going to pray to him. I hope he likes me. I hope he blesses me. I hope someday he takes me to heaven. That's not what it's saying here. It means that you and I were created in his likeness for a relationship with him. You were made to be brought into a deep relationship with God. A relationship that, that brings you joy and you can sense his delight. You can give him praise. You can sense that he's delighted in how you live your life because your life is found in Christ. I remember a few weeks ago, Dave was telling me this story. David McMaster, our pastor apprentice, Please watch this video about soul care. And he said this pastor, this youth pastor, went to pray, and they're going to go and pray for an extended period of time. And they're praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying for hours and hours. I think it was all night. At the end of the, the night, when the sun came up, you know, the pastor said to the youth pastor, he says, you know, um, how, how was that? 
And he said the youth pastor felt like really discouraged because he didn't hear God. He expected God to do something for him. And this older guy said, that's not the point. The point isn't you come to God to get something. You come to delight in him. You see, that's the posture. When you realize that you were created in the image of God, that you have his likeness, that you truly discover who you are, not by, by creating a false sense of self, it's actually discovering who God created you to be. The first part of, of that is discovering who God is. You'll never truly discover who you are until you discover who God is. There's a depth in knowing that God created you. The second thing is that we're created from community for a relationship with people. You see, it gets pretty strong here in, in chapter 2, verse 18. It says, the Lord God said it's not good for the man to be alone. See, so think about the radical implications of this. The Bible saying in paradise, Adam was lonely. You see, think about the Garden of Eden. Like, there's some of the best food, right? Like, think about like the best food in Kelowna, in Okanagan, right? The best wines. Like, Adam had that in the garden. Not only that, but there's power, right? Like, God says that he had dominion over nature. That means power. He had power over every, all this, over, over creatures, animals. He had comfort. He had beauty. He had pleasure. He had everything. He had a terrific prayer life. No sin. He walked with God. He could talk with God. But he's still unhappy and he's still lonely. He still needed human connection. He still needed a human relationship. You think about that, what does that mean for you and I? I think it's staggering. See, our modern world, I think a lot of times, thinks about friendship as a leisure activity. See, it's like if they say, like a lot of times in our, our modern world, if you want pleasure, if you want success, if you want a great career, a claim, if you want popularity, if you want lots of wealth, if you want to get ahead, the first thing you do is you take all your relationships and you push them back to the side. Right? Like that, your friendships become leisure things in your life that you have to pursue your calling first, but you push your friends back. That's what the world says. That's what the modern world says to you and I when we're trying to pursue friendships, that they're optional, that we become individual people. You see, a lot of times when you think about acclaim and fame and success, a lot of times when you put so many hours into your career, like, people might not have an affair on their wife or their spouse, but a lot of times they'll have an affair on them with their career, their social media account, right? Like, I think that's where we find ourselves in. But if you want to be like God, if you want to understand who he created you to become, you have to be in connection with other people. Like, you can't, Know this God and grow into the image of God without community. That you can't grow into his likeness. That you can't have his wisdom and courage. You can't go through intense suffering like we talked about in 1 Peter. If you want to be more loving and you want to be wiser, you want to be who God's called you to become, find Community. Find people. You can't grow into the image of someone 
who isn't just a me but a we, that, that God is a community by just being an individual. That you realize that you actually have to pursue God in community. Find the human connection. When I moved to Kelowna, I feel like for the most part of my life, that I remember one time this person told me, like, Kobe, you don't really have friends in ministry. As a pastor, you don't have friends, right? You only have friends for people who can actually do things for you. And I think, unfortunately, for the last X amount of years, I've built these friendships with this idea of getting something out of them, but that's not friendship. You see, friendship is pursuing people regardless of what they do for you. You see, if you want to grow in Christ, you realize that it's not a, a me, it's actually a we. It means that you and I, when we find ourselves, it's not just a me, it's an us. That we're a community of people. I think a lot of times when people are like, hey, when are you going to start your church up in Kelowna? I'm like, we already have. There's like a whole bunch of groups of people that meet and talk about the sermon every week. If you'd love to be a part of a community group, join us. But what it means is that we can't do this life on our own in our house, watching a live stream every week and just thinking, I'm just checking off our spiritual life. That's moralism. But actually, if you want to understand where you don't believe these things, where you wrestle with the gospel and say, man, I don't know if I believe this every week. When I wake up every day, I don't believe some aspects of who God is. If you watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix, this great documentary, about the social condition we find ourselves in, and then we become in this echo chamber. I think community groups breaks out of the echo chamber. That you get to meet people who aren't like you and I, that are quite different from different situations, from different backgrounds and different churches. And what they do is they come together on mission for Jesus because Jesus is the center of our whole faith. You see, it's not just creating who you are or who you want to become. I think that's what this documentary, The Social Dilemma, is talking about, is that we can actually be in these echo chambers where we think like that we actually know best, but what actually it's saying is in this passage is that you're not just creating who you are, but it's discovering who you are in Christ. And that happens in community and friendship. In C.S. Lewis's book, The Four Loves, he talks about how he has these three remarkable friends. They're Jack, Charles, and, and Ronald. And when Charles died, Jack was very sad. He said something like this, at least now I'll have more of Ronald. It's not Jack, Charles, and Ronald. It's just Jack and Ronald. I'll have more of him now. I'll have more time with him now. Right? Like the other person won't get in the way. But what he found out was he didn't actually have more of that person. He actually had less. Because he realized that there were certain things about Charles that, that brought, out Jack, brought out in Ronald that Jack couldn't. There was things that his friend brought out in his other friend that he could never bring out. He said, by lo- losing the, the one person, by, by one person, no one person is enough to call the whole person into action. He came to realize that losing Charles, he actually lost a part of Ronald. You know, it's an amazing little section in a chapter on friendship. But he says something like this, that I will never know Jesus Christ fully all by myself. That you and I will never fully 
understand the depths of who God is by ourselves alone in our lives. That we need human connection. That you need people to bring things out in your spouse that you can't bring out. Like we need friendships. We sit around a living room and talk about something to see in my living room, to see someone, you know, Stephen bring something out of Mark and Nancy or Bill and Jeanette bring out something out of us. Like there's a togetherness. You see, when you think about the fact that we've been created for community from community, we've been created from community for a relationship with God and a relationship with others. But we've been created from a community to be in community without shame. You know, again, this Four Loves book talks about this idea that lovers stand face to face, but guess what? Friends stand side by side. Like, friends stand beside you, not behind you or in front of you. Like, a lot of times we think about friendship. It's like, fall behind me. No, who's going to stand beside you? Who's going to stand shoulder to shoulder in those great moments and those terrible moments? In verse 25, it talks about the key to every great relationship. Every great dynamic relationship. If you want a great friendship, look for this. It says, both the man and his wife were naked and they felt no shame. You see, they were naked and unashamed, but the key to relationships, and the word nakedness means really transparent, that they weren't spinning who they were. They weren't in control of what other people saw. They weren't trying to be like someone that they thought they should become. Like you and I, when we go to a room, don't we? We seize it up. We're like, who am I going to like and who am I not going to like? Or maybe that's just me. Right? When I go into a room, I'm like, who am I going to fit in with? Who am I going to relate with? Are these people going to be my people or not? Are they going to be my friends? You see, I think a lot of times in our society, in our culture, that we're afraid of being explored by other people, being known by other people. Because we're worried about shame. We're fearful about what people will think about us. With this account in Genesis, when it's talking about this idea of both this man and this woman were naked, they felt no shame. You know, sure, they were, they were naked, but I think for us, there's a sense of transparency in our lives. That they had a complete, stable identity in God. They knew who they were. The person saw them for who they actually were and still loved them regardless of those things. See, I think this is what we all need. And this is the reason why I think we have like a, a scarcity for friendships. Is that we need to be known and yet loved. Like we need to be, to be naked, transparent, to be totally known and yet completely loved and unashamed. See, I think the most the common problem is that we can't do this because when we go into a situation or a room that there's a choice that we make and say, you know, if we can get to love this person or know this person, maybe they will accept me for my vulnerable and transparent self. A lot of times we think, maybe we'll only get love if we become who they want me to become. That's not what this is saying. This is saying is, you need to become who God created you to become. And friends love you regardless of your messiness of not who you could potentially be and bring to, your, to their life, but they love you because of you, who you are. 
Think about how we spin to people, right? Like, we don't want people to see our flaws. I don't want people to see my flaws. I want people to see my pride and my arrogance. But you know, when you see on the cross, what you see is Jesus Christ who was crucified for you and I. Do you know that he was crucified not with a cloth? He was crucified completely naked. It said that he was stripped naked. They cast lots for his clothes. And that was the ultimate humiliation for, you, for him. He was willing to do that. He was ravaged like that. He did it pay for you and my sins. See, Jesus' nakedness can be your cover. He did it because he loved you. Like, a lot of times we're like, Didn't he, doesn't he know who I am? You see, doesn't he just look into my life, into the deep workings of who I am, my life and my heart? Yes, he sees all those things and he loved you anyways. He sees you on, he died on the cross because of those sins and the brokenness. The nakedness of Christ is proof that God looked all the way into our heart and our life and loves you anyway. That his son would be sacrificed so we could be truly set free. You see, if you believe in Christ in such a way that you can be vulnerable and transparent, unashamed before God. That's a place where you say, I know I'm a sinner, but I'm covered and loved anyways because of Jesus. It's not my own actions, my own effort, my own worth. It's actually Jesus' work on the cross that covers my shame. And that's why when I live my life, I can be unashamed. I would love for us in the next couple weeks to kill loneliness. To get vulnerable people. To find people that you could actually not spin your life to try to become this great person, this great version of myself, but actually be a vulnerable version of yourself and feel still unashamed. You see, I think for us to kill loneliness today, we need to realize that you and I were created from community for community that there's like this, this aloneness that we feel that's not right, and it's because we were created for something so much more. But you and I were created for a relationship with God that you could actually truly know who God is, actually know yourself by knowing God. But we're also created for a relationship with people. That our friendships aren't just leisure activities in our lives, that we actually need to be known authentically by people. As Christians, we believe, I believe, that the church isn't just a service in a building. It's actually a gathering of people around a common vision and mission. And that vision and mission is Jesus. If you want to be a part of this, be a part of what Jesus is doing in our city in Kelowna. Like Jesus wants to call people home. He wants to bring people into authentic community. Centered around the gospel. Not just centered around a service. Centered around who Jesus is. And the last thing about killing loneliness is understanding that when people actually are your friends, when they actually know who you are, when they actually know the deep, dark workings of your heart, 
that when you are in Christ, when you look at Christ on the cross, it is nakedness and it covers your life. That you don't have to be ashamed about your sin, your brokenness. That when you approach people in our community, when you approach people in a community group, when you approach people, you know, in a, in a friendship, that you could actually be unashamed about your life. Because when Christ looks at you, when he, when he sees you redeemed, restored, he doesn't see a broken, sinful person. He sees a redeemed person. See, I would love for us to find, I would love to find and cultivate authentic, real friendships. But it starts by knowing God and then knowing other people. But it starts also by being vulnerable, not spinning and projecting yourself, but being who God created you to be. So I hope today you understand that you need to be who God created you to be. That you and I were created for that. We were created for something more, human connection. The reason why we're so alone and isolated is because we feel so separate from how we were created for community, from community. Let's pray. God, I thank you for how in this creation story in Genesis that you created us in your image. That we don't get to create God in our image. That God, that we are creating your image. I pray that when we want to truly understand who we are, we have to understand our life is about you. It's about your community. That we were created from community for community. That some people in our, in our living rooms don't even know where to start. It's like C.S. Lewis said that we don't even, we don't value friendships because we never had any friends. Friends that we can be unashamed to be around, not spinning our perfect self. Holy Spirit, would you guide us? Would you direct us? Would you show us how in our lives we lack? How that we are in this echo chamber of our life that you want us to be a part of this authentic and real community. It's the church. It's people on mission together for you and your glory. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with your friends. We would love for you to join our movement. All you have to do is go to livefree.church to join us.